Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. Well, just as winter can turn to spring, changes do happen in marriage. And there are seasons when a transition occurs and you're not ready for it. And wow, how did we get here? Certainly that was the case for us as we kept having kids. We had three and then we had four and we kept up a lot. But then after the fourth one, we just started to kind of lose touch with each other. And uh, years went by before we really realized it. And I'm glad to say that Dina and I have reconnected and uh, we've we've been able to kind of reclaim what the locusts have eaten, if you will. But if you're not ready for it, it can sneak up and do some real damage. I'm John Fuller, joined by the Smallies. Uh, Greg and Aaron are in charge of our marriage department here uh, at Focus. And Greg, you've seen a lot of transitions that couples go through. What do you think are some of the bigger ones that uh, happens just pretty consistently? I think it's just getting married. So going from a single person to now a couple. And the research shows that that to truly go from me to we as a couple to where it's really about the team and about the unity and the oneness and all that, that can take between about eight and 12 years to fully become that, that, that team. Wow. Now does that include kids or exclude kids or both? uh, I I mean, I, I, I think it, it includes both. And so it, it, it's just, it's just a reality that, that as we become, husband and wife, it just takes a long time to, to move that mindset about, you know, I I only had to think about me and I was very aware of what I want. That, that's a, that's a huge transition. Then add in, you know, all the little, what side of the bed are you going to, you know, sleep on? Who's going to pay bills? Who's going to do, you know, all of that stuff. It just takes time, you know, having kids throw that one in. Yeah. Um, changing careers, I mean, that can be a very difficult transition. Um, launching kids, so, you know, maybe may into high school or even into college. All that creates change and transition, and our attitude has to be that when we go through change, let's take an opportunity to figure out, okay, now, how are you different? So keep updated, and then what is it that you need as a result of all this yeah, transition yeah. and change. I appreciate that. And let's go ahead and hear a little bit more about seasons and changes and transitions. Uh, Jim Daly and I talked with Catherine Hill about stability in your relationship. Catherine, you encourage couples to have a shared vision. And people listening now, some are saying, I don't even, what do you mean? Well, again, when couples are first married, sometimes in marriage preparation, we'll say to them, what are going to be your priorities in your marriage? You've got each other. You've got your relationship with friends. You might have children. uh, You've got your relationship with God. So what order are you going to put those in? What things are going to come first? And we encourage couples to do that. And then it's really building on that. And uh, I think couples can just sit down and think and pray and say, what is it in our marriage that we can do that is bigger than the sum of the two of us? So an example for you and Richard, what would that look like? Well, an easy example for us would be the 
stuff that we do in relation to coming alongside other married couples and families. We both have a passion for relationships. We both have a passion to see family life strengthened. And so that's one thing that works for us. And we open our home. Um, we have lots of people who come through. We particularly, at the moment, um, feel quite passionate about inputting the lives of the 20s and 30s who are just starting off. So that, for us, has been something. But it could be anything. It doesn't have to be related to anything like that at all it could be you know that you you love to it could be a serving thing um, I think a really good thing if you don't know where to start is to uh, sit down pray together ask other people uh, what are the things that you see God wants to do in us and through us um, in our marriage and then just make some baby steps to begin that but having that vision that's that's bigger than the sum of the two of you I think not only benefits uh, the people that you're going to help, but also strengthens your own relationship. That's a good piece of advice. So your vision can be born out of your passion as a couple. And I, it might be possible that couples have not even talked about that. What is our passion? And it might be that they have very different passions. And in which case, um, they need to just think about that. But I think just having that idea that our marriage is bigger than just the two of us and that God has purposes for us. That's a great statement. Transitions, you've mentioned them, the birth of your first child. Gene and I are at that point where our oldest is leaving the house, and that's big. Speak to the issues of transition and how we cope with them. Yeah, so our four left home, and we navigated that season of transition and then they came back again so um but now they've left again so i think that very often um we we don't do this very well mainly because we haven't done the uh, the groundwork early on and it's being flexible and it's being prepared to change and it's being able to just see how we can meet each other's needs and there's a lovely story of um, a lady who talked about going out for a walk with her husband and how he slowed his step down for hers because her knees have got a bit arthritic these days and he needs a bit more time when he goes home so she knows to allow him that but I think so it's it's looking at the adjustments that we have to make as we enter the different seasons of marriage. There's an African proverb and it says, as the music changes, so does the dance. And it's thinking ahead and investing in the relationship now and keeping communicating about how that season has changed. So in that experience that you've had with couples that become empty nesters and with the amount of drama in couples that are becoming empty nesters, what are two or three things that we should do to guard ourselves from losing each other emotionally? I think spending time together, having fun and laughing together. Laughter, the Bible says a cheerful heart is good medicine. And I think finding things that make us laugh, um, that draw us together. Sometimes thinking about what were the things we used to do um, before the kids left home and trying to build that into our marriage and spending that time together but talking about how we feel so maybe when a child leaves home often I think um, it's the wife finds it a more difficult thing sometimes than the husband because she's been more involved in the day-to-day care and the arrangements now it could of course be the other way around but allowing for that and allowing yourself to grieve if you need to as you move on to a new season yeah in that regard you know so many men and again This just is the way things are, and I know if you disagree with me, write us, call us, email us. 
But men tend to look for significance in our vocation, our title, what we do. And I think for many, many women, their relationship with their children and that transition to emptiness, this is, you know, this is their mark of significance. And this is what they've been doing for 18, 19 years, maybe 20, 30 years if they have three or four children. And it's hard to just end that. What would you say specifically to mothers about how to transition in a healthy way? I think that often as mothers, our identity is in as being a mum, particularly if we have invested in that a long time over a good number of years. And it can be a similar transition if we've been working and then we stop work because we've had children at home or even juggling work and children. And I think understanding, allowing ourselves time and space to realize that this is a difficult thing, not trying to pretend it's all all right, but then I think ultimately realizing that our identity isn't in what we do, it's in who we are. Well, Aaron, go ahead and follow up, if you will, on what Catherine was talking about there, how uh, tough it was for you as a mom to put your identity in your kids and, and yet keep your wife identity a mm-hmm. priority. Mm-hmm. So often we do put our identity into what we're doing relationally. And so, of course, we're raising kids. That's part of our identity. We're a wife. That's part of our identity as well. But it's also remembering that we also have a calling in our own life that God has created us to do specific things. And part of what God has called me to is to be a mom and to love my children Mm -hmm. well and to raise them so that they may go into the world and illuminate him as well as he's called me to be a wife and to be connected to my husband. But also he's called me to other things, to love my neighbor as I love myself. And so what is that calling that he has on your life? And it's, it's so interesting, John, because so often I hear people will say to me, well, Aaron, you, you've got that. God doesn't have anything for me. And that is just a lie from the enemy, just stifling. Because if you're here, you've got purpose. There's something that you are supposed to do this side of heaven. Okay, so let's unpack that, if you will allow me to do so, mm-hmm. by asking a few uh, kind of probing questions. Because yes. you were a nurse mm-hmm. in your previous life. Yes. Um, you're empty nesting it almost. Almost. And now you're a counselor. That yes. took some energy. That took some mm-hmm. time and commitment, a blessing by Greg to be. How did you hear God saying, yeah, that'd be a good thing? Or were you taking that to God saying, would this be a good thing? Mm-hmm. What was that process like for you yeah. as you transitioned into this current season? Yeah. This time it was a lot of God because it didn't make sense for me to go back to being a counselor and doing private practice because I didn't have time. (laughs) I was like, Lord, this doesn't even make sense. But I kept hearing this gentle prompting, do it, step out, go back to counseling. And I'm like, why? That doesn't make sense. But then this counseling center opened up right up the street and it was it worked because I could see a client. I could run, pick up a kid. I could drop them off, get them started on homework, go see another client, come home and make dinner. It just worked. And so it's it's spending that time one-on-one with God and letting him speak that into your life. Yeah. And as you sense those promptings, take it to a, a godly friend and say, hey, will you pray with me about this? I don't know what it's going to look like, but I feel this prompting and I don't know when it's going to happen or what it's going to look like, but just walk with me 
walk with me. Yeah. In in for some listening, they're like, well, what does this have to do with marriage? I mean, this is about Aaron's individual calling and what she's passionate about. Well, let me tell you, one, um, she's a a much healthier spouse is she's connected with what is God calling her and what passions and gifts and talents that she can exercise in that way. So I mean that that keeps her full. She has more to give. But but the way, though, that it connects us together as a couple is that I want to help make those dreams a reality. And, and so this just isn't Aaron kind of off doing her own thing, that this is about us. And, and as her husband, I love asking those questions. What are you dreaming about? What do you think God's calling you? As a matter of fact, I would say that as Aaron began to kind of process through, I feel like God is saying this. She had a lot of self-doubt. She she had all these reasons not to do it. And and I had the privilege of of calling that out in her. And I I kept saying to her, You've got to do this. You are so good at this. That that is such a strong gift of yours. How do we make this happen? So when it came down to going, Aaron, you don't have to rush back to make dinner. I got it. You don't have to rush to pick up. I can do that. It allowed me to also have purpose within that unique part of who mm-hmm. Aaron is yeah. as well. So it connected us as a couple. We always tell people there's three, let's call them entities within a marriage that have to be cared for. There's the two individuals, and then there's the relationship. And you've got to prioritize all three. All three have to matter. And so what Aaron is passionate about, see, I also want to be passionate. I want to be a dream maker. And we were even talking the other day, I told her, you know what, man, I'm seeing God do amazing things with you that, that I, 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 I don't need to be featured. I don't need to be a part of this as far as that anybody knows, but man, behind the scenes, I'd love to keep helping you be successful because I want to be that dream maker in, in her life. And and I really do think that's a part of being a spouse, the, the term help mate, you know, God created Eve as Adam's helper because he was without help. The, the task that he was trying to do, he needed help. And that's true for any marriage. It, it, that's not just about Aaron helping me. It's I get to help her. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how this connects us as a couple and, and makes our marriage even stronger. Yeah, yeah. And I, I would just only add that we had coffee the other day with some friends. Um, and the wife had been praying quite consistently with the Lord about um, a crazy thing. She felt he was saying to sell their house, but they didn't know exactly why. And as this couple talked, they realized uh, there's a walk of faith here, and God seems to clearly be saying, let's do this. And it might actually mean that they're going to move across the country to be closer to some kids. And together they're doing this, but mm-hmm. it kind of, kind of goes back for me to what you were saying earlier, Aaron. You got to dial in. God's talking. Are we listening as a couple? Because it's His career that's moving them, but it's her heart that caught it first. Mm-hmm. And so together they're in this faith journey, this walk with God, this adventure, and they're both pretty excited about what's going to happen. If that is something that just appeals to you, then get a copy of uh, Catherine Hill's book, If You Forget Everything Else, Remember This. She shares such great stories and insights and personal examples, and I think you'll find it to be really helpful. Uh, And it's got a spiritual thread woven through it. 
make a donation to Focus on the Family. Help us do our ministry uh, to couples, do ministry through Focus on the Family by contributing today, and we'll send the book to you as our thank you gift. And if you haven't done so yet, take advantage of our free marriage assessment. More than a million people have uh, taken that and benefited from it. It's just a few minutes to fill it out, and uh, it pops up some uh, great insights about your marriage. We've got those things and more in our new, enhanced, uh, revised, refreshed, revamped, uh, boosted episode notes. So stop by today and uh, find what you need to go the next steps in your marriage. Next time, we'll hear from Pastor Ted Cunningham. He is known for his sense of humor and insights about how laughter can benefit your marriage. And uh, for now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron and the entire team here, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.